So I mentioned this uh, earlier today that the, the title, the theme of, of the day uh, is bringing the practice to life. And I'd like to just share some reflections on that, on that theme. Um, it's interesting how often uh, when we think about the teachings and the practices, we just hone in on formal meditation as the, the arena, the area that we uh, give energy to and that we explore. Um, and yet, as many of you may be aware, you know, when the Buddha spoke of the path of awakening, he spoke of an eightfold path. Yeah. And, um, and this path is quite wide. Yeah. I just kind of, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I just want to name the, the the eight factors on it, um, and with all of them, you know, we see them as the cultivations of the wise aspect of that, or right aspect, uh, but right not as opposed to wrong, but right as opposed as, as kind of in the meaning of being righted, yeah, being aligned, yeah, A helpful distinction. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. So the the um, the eight parts of the path are. Uh, right view, right intention, um, right action, right speech, right lively, right livelihood, yeah, or wise. If that kind of has <laughs> the right, immediately we kind of feel as opposed to wrong. It can be wise. Um, livelihood, effort, yeah. mindfulness, and uh, samadhi, gatheredness, harmonization, unification. And it's really helpful to see all of them as areas of practice. Yeah, these are all areas of practice. This is where the kind of the right comes in. Yeah, places where we kind of right ourselves, when we align um, and we deepen yeah, and we inquire and investigate. And of course, our formal meditation practice has a big part to play in this. Yeah. We can say uh, in our formal practice, in our meditation practice, our study, our inquiry, our reflection on the teachings, um, we cultivate skills and we cultivate ways of relating um, that are transferable or that can be applied beyond just formal meditation. Yeah. This is part of why I was emphasizing this wide today rather than the narrow. Because yeah, often this wide awareness is something that can be um, supportive to us yeah? in keeping contact with our intentions, our aspirations, our wisdom yeah? in more situations. Yeah? If we kind of think that the practice is just about a narrow attention, that's much more difficult to sustain. It also... Uh, kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's very particular in what it, what it reveals and what it makes um, available. So we cultivate skills and, and ways of relating through our practice that we can apply in more of our lives than just formal meditation. And um, just, to, just to name some examples, that the, they're pretty infinite. There's many yeah, things that we, that we, um, um, that we cultivate 
but you know just some of the things that were said today you know the the, the sense of wonder <laughs> yeah the sense of playfulness the capacity to change how we habitually re relate to something yeah to actually and bring intentionality to that so it's not just reactivity it's not just habit um, you know the capacity to pause uh, just to pause just a moment <laughs> what's going on here yeah. Yeah. to know our experience to allow to welcome uh, to bring curiosity to bring freshness to generate energy you know that really infinite I'm going to keep going <laughs> to look deeply, to have clarity, yeah. Of course, qualities like compassion, yeah, like metta, kindness. Yeah. So we can see, hopefully, how this relates to, to practices that we that we explored today. Um, so when I say, you know, we can bring our practice to life, yeah. There's there's a at least two meanings there yeah one is that we can bring our practice to our lives yeah to our lives yeah? not just to our lives when we're sitting still or walking in a particular way but to more complex uh, areas to to more situations and i just want to give a, an example of this from yesterday uh, saying to to sue so I don't live in London, <laughs> and I was planning to travel yesterday. Yeah, it's a strike day. Yeah. And about 10 days ago, I was notified that, you know, the train I had meant to take was canceled, but I was giving an alternative, which was great, because I much preferred to travel by train than any other means. I couldn't travel on Thursday, because I finished teaching a retreat at one o'clock, and I was teaching online at five didn't quite give me enough time. My partner, who was coming with me then, was teaching from 7. So I was 5 to 7, he was 7 to 8.30. Can't make it from Devon to London by public transport at that time. So that's the background. <laughs> so very delighted that there is still a train running. And a little bit kind of thinking, will it, won't it, will it, won't it. But Southwest trains keep saying, we're going to run a full schedule. Okay, if that train is cancelled, there'll probably be another one. Breathe, see what happens. Yeah. Quarter to eight in the evening on Thursday, <laughs> email comes in. I was so sorry to say your train is cancelled. But yeah, it's only cancelled from the section between Basingstoke and Waterloo. So you can still travel from Exeter to Basingstoke and then take another train. To okay, that's fine. Still, still good. Still breathing, still fine, all good. Yeah. Next morning, leave Gaia House, nice and early, catch the train from Newton Abbott to Exeter, all fine. Uh, the guard comes to check our tickets and she says, oh, your connecting train has been canceled. And we say, oh yeah, we know, you know, but it's still running, <laughs> you know, as far as Basingstoke, she says, let me check. She says, actually, no, it's not. <laughs> an opportunity to practice right <laughs> yeah let's bring practice to life yeah things are not going as planned and hoped for yeah and so all kinds of things are happening so the first thing is just to pay attention so my partner's checking uh, online to see that the guard isn't mistaken she's gone to check with the driver she's very nice to kind of double check as well and it's like nope 
no trains until later on in the afternoon. And since this one has been, you know, all the other ones have been canceled so late, can we rely on it? <laughs> Are we going to wait till three o'clock to see if there's a train? So a lot of things and kind of my internal voice saying, you knew this was going to happen. <laughs> you knew it. Why didn't you do something about it? You know, you just see the inner voice and just, can I, do I get triggered into it or do I let it pass? Yeah, here's the practice. Yeah, do I get triggered? You knew. You could have done this, you could have done that, you could have done this. Why didn't you check this morning? Yeah, you knew. Yeah, why didn't you do something about it? Just let it pass. Yeah, not get entangled. Yeah, it's a real opportunity for practice. This habit is strong in me. Yeah, I'm a very good organizer. This doesn't usually happen to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's a strong habit. Yeah, just let it pass. Yeah? There's no point in this. You know, there's a clarity there, right? Clarity. What's useful here? What's helpful? Is it going to be useful to go into this? Yeah. Or can I use my energies, yeah, my good organizational skills <laughs> in another way? Yeah? Okay, what are the possibilities? What, what can we do? Right? Checking that out. So that kind of sense with ourselves, also with the guard, you know, because she was feeling really bad. (laughs) Nothing to do with her, not even the same train company, even if if she was that identified with her employers, you know, nothing to do with her, but she was really feeling really, really bad. And just the capacity not to take on something that we don't need to take on. Yeah, so internally and also with her, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) It's not the worst thing that can happen. You know, we'll manage. It's okay. So with her and internally, energy remains available. Let's look for a solution. Find one. Let's rent a car. (laughs) Drive to London uh, instead of the the ease of the train. Um, And yeah, solution. Yeah, it's all fine really important here, right? Because two things are happening there that I want to point to, yeah? One is practice, yeah? The practice of not stopping the practice when the bell rings at the end of meditation, being interested to bring this to more areas of my life, yeah? I have been doing this after all since 1995. But particularly, I have been interested in this, yeah? Just like, ah, yeah? Can I, can I wake up in more aspects of my life, yeah? And take that, transfer those skills across. Um, so that's kind of one really, really important thing to, to kind of uh, point to, you know? There's been that practice of transferring. There's also been this practice that we've been doing today and a lot of it. Yeah, to make that accessible, to make that accessible, to have that clarity, to see what are the voices that are coming up, what's the reactivity, what's pleasant and unpleasant right now, yeah, and you know how much weight do I want to give it, yeah, in how I respond to my experience. So this is really, um, yeah, it's a huge area of our practice, yeah, really huge. 
And it's true, not just with things that challenge us. I also want to kind of continue that thread that we've touched on today. You know, sometimes we think, oh, yeah, practice, you know, it's really good with the dukkhas of life, <laughs> with the difficulties, with the challenges. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But not only. Yeah. Oh, also that capacity. Yeah. To pay attention to what is going on, to direct attention, uh, to sustain it. Yeah. It opens us up to beauty. Yeah, yeah, to beauty, um, to gratitude, yeah, to the good in the world, to the nourishing. Yeah, it really opens us up, and we can choose. Yeah, and we can play with that. Yeah. So another example from yesterday, after that long journey, um, which is more tiring than we thought it would be. Um, you know, we had tickets to see the BBC Symphony at the Barbican last night. Uh, luckily, cheap tickets, so it didn't add a lot of pressure <laughs> to the whole thing. But we did just make it, you know. And, um, you know, pretty tired, yeah, pretty tired, sitting there, beautiful music. And again, the practice, yeah, being able to open to the whole body like we've do, been doing here, and really attune, yeah listen with the whole body to that beautiful thing, you know, and to take in that, you know, composers that are no longer here and, and their music is being played and that's co-creation with all these talented musicians coming together. Yeah, but to feel, yeah, the capacity to open to beauty, that's also something that we practice. Yeah, important to say, because yeah, we can tune in, yeah, and we can find the way to open, yeah, to wonder, to beauty, to open the body, to listen wholeheartedly. Many things that were said here today um, can come together. And so when, we, um, when the practice is transferred, we can say we can, we can bring it into more of our lives. We're also bringing it alive. Yeah, which is also something we were doing today. Yeah? This is the double, kind of the play on the words. Yeah? Bringing practice to life is also bringing practice to life. Yeah? And it's bringing it alive, we can say, both in formal practice, but also as we bring it into more areas of our lives, that enriches our formal practice. It's a mutuality. It goes back and forth. Yeah? Back and forth. Yeah? So I could see some of you when I spoke about listening you know, to music, there was this, ah, yeah, yeah, such a beautiful thing. And then we say, ah, what if we listen internally in that way? Yeah, so we can bring that back. Yeah, just like we would listen to a, you know, a symphony or, you know, your favorite band, you know, it doesn't matter what type of music it is. Yeah, just the way we listen to that, what if we bring that same listening, that sensitivity, that interest, that appreciation to our internal experience? Yeah. Or to, you know, as we're meditating to the sounds around us, yeah, the coming together of different beings and different um, elements, yeah, creating sound. So we bring the practice alive, this mutual movement of nourishing and deepening from our uh, meditation seat yeah, into the world and from the world to our meditation seat, that movement back and forth and I think we can start to see what a rich rich tapestry that weaves yeah when that when we practice that when we bring that in again and again 
I see now this talk is full of examples. <laughs> so another, another example of this, you know, so sometimes it's, you know, random things that happen, yeah, train cancelled and we bring the practice there. Sometimes it's something we know we enjoy, but we open to it through the tools that we have in practice. Sometimes we bring uh, our practice to life intentionally, yeah, with intentions. Uh, this is an area that needs care. This is an area that needs attention. Um, this is an area that I would like to practice in. Yeah? And whether that's in our personal lives, in our um, professional lives, uh, whether it's social, yeah? environmental engagement, yeah? all of that, all of these areas. Uh, we can bring intentionality. Yeah? So I think it was mentioned you know, that I, co-founder of Sangha Seva, Meditation in Action, Meditation in Service. And, few examples of a recent retreat I think it was about three weeks ago we were planting trees in Devon uh, in one of those really cold patches yeah do you remember I think I can't remember exactly I think about three weeks ago it's very cold yeah very cold beautiful days but very very cold and you know I have a few examples from that you know one was um, so very cold and even though I was well prepared with my Middle Eastern body in, you know, Devon, not too bad, not Scotland, uh, but still very cold. Um, many, many layers, ski trousers, you know, uh, sock liners, you know, thermal sock liners, all of that, very well prepared still, you know, very cold feet, very, very cold feet. Yeah, not pleasant, yeah, not pleasant. And yet, you know, kind of tending yeah, to a baby tree, yeah, or to a, an acorn that's just sprouting, yeah, and kind of shooting out into life, yeah, tending to that with the care, with the love, with the metta, with the attentiveness, yeah, of practice, yeah, just like we heard today, that is strong enough to shift the attention, yeah, that intentionality, yeah, to shift the attention from the unpleasantness yeah, to the beauty, to the intention, to the nourishment. You know? This little thing here yeah, is going to be hopefully alive long after me yeah? and is going to give support and nourishment and life to so many creatures. It's got that potential. Yeah? So we shift that way, shift the perspective. Yeah? Just like we do in our formal practice, again, it's like, you know, we bring that intention, practice for well-being beyond the moment of perhaps discomfort. Yeah. So kind of bring that inten intentionality. <coughs> Does that make sense to people as an example? Yeah. <coughs> Another example from that, I'm just bringing these because I think it's kind of helpful to also see how they, how they, make, the, the, they we make that weaving between practice and life yeah and one day I was w working in the tree nursery and you know this get get this bag of acorns that have been sitting in compost <laughs> for a few months yeah they were collected in October and been sitting in the compost and taking them out and going through them you know some of them have not made it yeah and they go to be composted yeah and some of them have made it, but in such a variety of ways. <laughs> some have got really long roots, yeah, 
going in all directions. So I've just got a tiny little sprout. Yeah? And to care for them like caring for the seeds of goodness yeah? in oneself. Yeah? In the same way, and seeing the diversity. In me also, there's all these seeds yeah, of goodness, of life, of potential in myself and in everyone else I meet. Yeah? That's there. So we can see that we can bring the intentionality and it goes both ways. Yeah? We see this, it touches us, and it deepens the insight. Yeah, like, ah. Yeah. Taking the young trees and planting them out, yeah, in what is going to be what will be woodlands one day. Yeah. And having the sense of like doing everything, everything's been done so that they thrive. Right? They've been collected as seeds, they've been put in the compost, they've been potted up, then they were planted out in the nursery, then they were moved to another bed, and now they've been dug out and they're going to where they're going to go to. Yeah? And the hole is, digging, is, is deep enough and big enough, and there's a, um, a coconut blanket <laughs> as mulch to put over them, and there's a tree guard to protect them from the deer. Everything is being done, yeah? and yet no guarantees. Yeah, there's no guarantees. Yeah, so the same thing. Yeah, with ourselves. Yeah, with our practice, with our actions in the world. Yeah, the, everything we, that can be possibly done to give the best conditions. Yeah, and then the letting go of attachment to results. Yeah, and letting go of attachment to results. They may grow or not. They may grow. They may thrive or not. Yeah not just up to me, doing my part. And that comes back, yeah, to us. Sometimes we feel my practice is, you know, if it's not going well, that's my fault, that's my responsibility. Yeah, that's my blame, yeah, and shame, yeah, and inadequacy. And if we can bring that to no, we do what we can, we tend in the best way possible. But we also know it's not just these conditions that are, our, that are in our control. Yeah. You know, the way we attend to others in the world. Anyone here is a parent, I'm sh- sure there's a few. <laughs> yeah. The same thing, right? In our uh, creative lives, yeah? it's the same thing. We put out the seeds, we do the best we can, we tend. And then we have to let go, yeah? to let go. So there's a real enlivening that can happen with a practice when we widen its base, when we widen its application. Yeah, really quite passionate about this. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like yeah, important to emphasize: widen the base, widen the application of it, and it's important to reflect also how to do this. Yeah, because it's more complex yeah, than. You know, as complicated as it is just to be still with eyes closed and <laughs> kind of attend to a meditation object, that's already pretty complex. But then to bring that into more complex situations, you know, when there's communication, when there's um, time pressure, yeah? there's all kinds of demand, when there's much more complexity yeah? of conditions. So a few things that can support us in doing this. I just want to name. Tell me if I'm going too fast at any point. 
sometimes I really feel like I'm on kind of you're all really mellow and I'm like on speed <laughs> up here um, so a few things that can help yeah to do this uh, one is intention yeah if I had to pick one I'd say this one intention 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 yeah remembering our intention the big aspiration for our lives the big aspirations and then in a particular kind of set of circumstances the intention right now yeah so as much as possible having clarity about that remembering remembering to remember yeah it's remembering to remember because we forget that's also something we do yeah so the clarity of that our aspirations yeah our intentions clarity of them and the remembrance of them seeing our practice as listening yeah listening when we meditate we're listening yeah we're listening to our internal experience and how that kind of plays yeah with uh, external conditions or other internal conditions yeah so we're listening to what is happening when we tune into practice meditation practice is listening then that can transfer really well to other situations yeah listening what is going on yeah in the body and we listen again if we can through the body it's much more reliable for us with complexity than the mind is yeah and what's happening in the body is the contraction yeah is there uh, a sense of kind of leaning away from yeah so reaching towards yeah listening listening what's happening also if other people or beings are involved listening to them yeah what's the message that i'm getting yeah what can i see and hear remembering that practice is a cultivation yeah for me i think that's one of the most helpful things it's not about not about mindfulness even per se yeah it's a cultivation yeah cultivation of wholesome ways of relating yeah and again this tunes into our intentions because we can have clarity about what wholesome ways of relating we want to cultivate yeah in general or in a particular time in our lives or in a particular situation yeah? what is it that i want to cultivate now is it and what would be useful and possible also yeah so maybe you know when i go to visit my dad who's got a degree of dementia you know be really helpful to cultivate patience yeah and to know that's what i'm doing that's the practice right now yeah it's cultivating patience mm-hmm. if i'm uh going into a situation where there may be conflict yeah i might want to emphasize our oh, cultivating uh metta yeah kindness non-ill will or compassion yeah and again internally and externally both directions yeah so we can have that sense of you know we're cultivating cultivating wholesome ways of relating and that can be a general thing or it can be quite specific yeah in a way that meets our own uh needs and aspirations but also is kind of suitable to the situation that we may know we're going into yeah we can also go back to the eightfold path yeah and this is a game i love to play <laughs> is to look at a situation either beforehand during or after 
Yeah, a lot of our practice can be in reflection. Yeah, it's another aspect of practice that kind of we don't emphasize enough, but in the Buddha's teachings, there's a lot of reflection. Yeah, reflecting, how was that? How did that go? Yeah, and one of the games I like to play is you know, beforehand, during, after, say, okay, if I look at this diagram, at this map of the Eightfold Path, yeah, how could that have come into play, or how can that come into play? right now and, and just to kind of, uh, you know, look at possibilities of that. Yeah? So we can look at, at the first aspect, the wise view, and say, okay, yeah, what's the wise view here? <laughs> yeah? Generally, the wise view is experience is conditioned. <laughs> yeah? It may feel like you are causing my suffering right now, but it's conditioned by more things than that. Yeah? So what happens if I open just to the fact that things are conditioned, just to the fact that my way of relating is also shaping what's going on? Yeah. That can be one uh, helpful way. Yeah. Just say, ah, how does this look from the perspective of wise view? How does it look from the perspective of wise intention? Yeah. And I'm really kind of making them really simple at the moment. Yeah. Because I said I wasn't going to talk about them at length. And it's impossible to do anyway <laughs> in one talk. Yeah? For that aspect of wise intention, non-harming, yeah? like we, we emphasize today. What would non-harming mean in this context? Not always a simple yeah, answer to that. Yeah? So what would it look like And having that reflection before, during, after? Yeah? That whole heart of the Eightfold Path, yeah? the, the ethics, yeah? The wise speech, wise action, wise livelihood. Yeah, very rich ground. Yeah, very, very rich ground. What would wise speech look like? Yeah. What would wise action look like? What would wise livelihood, which I tend to see as the choices we make in life, more than just how we make a living. Yeah? It's how we impact the world through our choices, yeah? through what we buy and wear, for example. Yeah? So a format that we can bring in. That overarching effort of aligning with the wholesome and not feeding the unwholesome, yeah? That's wise, wise effort, yeah? What would that mean? Yeah. So if we go back to that example that I gave on the train, yeah? Not feeding the pattern of blaming myself, yeah? That's, that's wise effort right there. Not feeding that pattern. Yeah. Not feeding, just seeing it come, letting go, not getting engaged with those patterns of thinking. Yeah. If we do get engaged a little bit more, we can bring compassion, so we can kind of amp up how we're responding yeah, with that. Obviously, yeah, supported by mindfulness through all of that, because without mindfulness, yeah, <laughs> very difficult to see what's going on. Yeah. So mindfulness and again body, yeah, body really helpful for us to, to maintain contact with our experience. Yeah. And being gathered, yeah, being gathered on the particular that is the most important right here and now. Yeah. So maybe uh, the intention, that's, that's one way we can understand samadhi, yeah, the final, the eighth aspect. One of my teachers translates it as gathered on the particular. Yeah? 
So we gathered on something that's particular and we, we kind of uh, align that with our intention. Yeah. And with our sense of the big picture view of the situation, what's most important here. Yeah. And then that leads us back to wise view, <laughs> because then what supports that? Yeah. What supports that alignment? Yeah. Seeing the bigger picture. Things are conditioned. How I relate has an impact. Yeah. Relaxing contraction as we do that. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, hopefully we're getting a sense, there's a lot there to explore. Seeing the bigger picture also in the capacity to pause. Yeah. Yeah. Even within something that can be quite intense, just to have moments of pausing, body, breath, help us with that. And to kind of take stock, what's happening? Yeah, where can I bring more space? Yeah. Can I bring more space? What's the next wise thing that I can do? <laughs> <laughs> that's available to me, that's possible in this situation. I love that question. It's the next wise thing. That's the only thing we can, we can kind of really have an impact on. The next step, the next wise thing that we can do within this situation, holding that within the bigger picture of our aspirations. So as we bring, yeah, just a kind of conclude this yeah as we bring our practice alive on the cushion off the cushion sorry on the meditation seat off the meditation seat wrong use of language there <laughs> non-cushion users you're included <laughs> as we bring the practice alive on the meditation seat on the meditation stand on the meditation walk yeah in all postures in the reclining posture as well as we bring it alive, yeah, and as we bring our practice to life, yeah, we're widening, yeah, widening the base, yeah, and there's so much more that becomes available uh, to us, yeah, so much more. One of my favorite teachers, Tanisa Rabiku, also called Ajahn Jeff, he says the best way to come out of meditation is not to come out all the way. <laughs> and I think that's so, yeah, so absolutely brilliant and wise and applicable. It doesn't say we have to maintain, yeah, the same mindfulness all the time, but it reminds us there's a range, yeah? And having that as an aspiration, not to come out all the way, not to have this kind of on-off modality, yeah? to bring interest to more areas uh, of our lives that can um, be areas of practice. And this is for our benefit, yeah? But I think it's very obvious that this is for everyone's benefit, yeah? Everyone's benefit. And I think we can see in the world that we share uh, how much meditators are needed, <laughs> yeah? How much we're needed. Yeah, to whatever degree uh, we can um, kind of bring ourselves to the practice and bring that practice into the world with us. Yeah. That's a great gift yeah, that we offer to ourselves and to the world. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.